0: to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, I'm so excited for today's episode because we're kicking off a multi-week episode series on your flagship group coaching program. I absolutely love this topic. It's what my business is built around. That is what I help entrepreneurs, service-based entrepreneurs, experts, coaches, strategists, consultants transition into, and that's building a group coaching business. Uh, The majority of my clients have group coaching programs, not all, but most of them do. And it's a subject matter that I have been studying and have experience with for over 17 years. My, the first part of my experience working with groups of people, actually, I, you know, technically more than 17 years. In terms of my actual careers, it's been over 17 years. I got my start working with groups of people when I was a tennis coach and a swim coach. I did that before I had my first career, which was teaching in a public high school. And when you teach, The way that, well, at least the way I taught my class, it was really similar to how we now run group coaching programs. And I recognized that for the first time back in 2011, which is when I got my certified professional coaching certification. I went through a program that was about five months long that also incorporated a pretty intense practicum. And feedback on that. In addition to the the first part of that program being training, training and understanding and knowledge, and then the practicum was applying that knowledge. Um, that when I got to the end of that program, this was before I it was right before I started my coaching business, in which I started in January of two thousand twelve, my first coaching business. And I remember saying to Sean, my husband, I was like, "Holy cow, this is so similar." to the way I ran my own classroom teaching high school kids. Now, when I was a teacher in my 20s, I didn't realize I didn't know what coaching was outside of athletic coaching. I had been a tennis player my entire life. I played softball, I was I was a swimmer growing up. My brother was a baseball player, so we always had athletic coaches. And then I coached tennis, I coached women's tennis and i was also teaching i wasn't a swim team coach but i was coaching and teaching swimming lessons to groups of kids and it was all just so similar to what i was learning in the coaching certification program i was in so at the end of that program at the end of 2011 i thought this is exactly what my next move is going to be this is what my purpose is i you know i've always believed or felt that my purpose was in teaching people to become better leaders so that they could multiply other leaders. I've always operated in that way, even at a young age, and especially when I was a teacher. And coaching allows me to do that. The coaching industry really allows me to use all of those skills. Uh, Coaching, teaching, leadership, facilitation. When you're running group coaching programs, you are you have to play more roles in than being a co- in addition to being a coach. So, I love it. I've been doing it for a long time. Like I said, I was a classroom teacher, I was a tennis coach, and I also taught for North Carolina Virtual Public Schools and created online curriculum for North Carolina Virtual Public Schools and then started my first coaching business in 2012. Left that in May of 2014, because I had been working part time for someone else's coaching company that had become a mentor of mine, where I also received a lot of coach training. And it was there that I started running really large scale, 12 month long group coaching programs, as well as supporting with the launch of them. There was one time. I believe it was in 2015. Yeah, it was 2015, I believe. This may have actually started in 2014. I was basically the director of client experience and learning development. So I was leading the main flagship group program, which always had two to 300 clients in it. Then I was running the next level business mastermind program which always had between 80 and 100 people in it or or more and then we had this next even higher level program that typically would have between 15 and 20 people in it and then we had a fourth program that was the online version of the main flagship which meant they simply just didn't get they didn't get the head coach They got me for their Q&A calls twice a month. And they did not get the live... There were four live events that were two days each around the world that came with that flagship program. And so the online version, they didn't receive that. At any given time, there were about 150 people in the online version. So I was running all four of those at once. So that was two, three, four, about 450 to somewhere between 450 and 500 clients Throughout the course of a 12-month calendar year. And over time, I worked there for three years. I, I always say I worked with about a thousand people. I think it had to have been more than that when it was all said and done. It was somewhere over, like probably between a thousand and fifteen hundred clients went through those programs. And the majority of them were coaches, or they had, they came into that program highly skilled from a corporate career or other businesses that they had owned. And now they were turning around and teaching their expertise, uh, whether they were starting out as a one-on-one coach or they were graduating into offering group coaching programs. And then I left there at the end of 2016 and rebooted my own business in 2017, maxed myself out with one-on-one clients by April of 2017. So four months into my business, I had over 20 one-on-one clients I had already generated almost six figures that quickly in my brand new business and immediately transitioned into my first group program in that iteration of my business, which was the current business I have. And I have run over 20 iterations of my group coaching programs in the last five years. And I've actually over 25, over 25. And I have facilitated about 20 in-person retreats. And that's all been in the last 25 years. So combined in the last five years, 45 iterations, which iterations meaning a new cohort of people, whether that was a group coaching program where everybody started at the same time and ended at the same time, or if the group coaching program was rolling enrollment. I've done both. I've done launch style. I've done evergreen, which is rolling enrollment. I've always coached my groups very traditionally. You know, there's a there's a huge difference between a mastermind and a group coaching program and a course. I'll do a I'll do another episode. I'll do a different episode on that. I've always run group coaching programs and a very traditional mastermind. So, today I want to have a conversation with you around how do you know when it's the right time to transition into offering a flagship group? I have a list here. It's probably not an exhaustive list, but it's about 10 to 12 markers or milestones that you want to ensure you can you need to be able to put a check mark beside each one of these boxes. So, I'm going to invite you to whip out your journal or a sheet of paper, get something to write with. You're going to want to write each one of these milestones down, and I encourage you to even put a box to the left of each one of these. And either put a check mark beside it or leave it blank. Or if you like to color code things, color code it so that you know okay, how close am I to being able to transition into a flagship group coaching program? One of the reasons why I love this particular topic is out of my own personal frustration, not at clients. Although there was a time in the last 5 years where I thought it was the clients I was working with that were the source of my frustration, when I woke up to to the real truth, I realized the source of my frustration was that I was doing way too much customization inside of my groups. And what that means is I was allowing people to come into my program who were not truly ready to be going in the direction of developing and running and executing and even, quite frankly, filling their group coaching program. Now, I'll just share super transparently, one of the reasons why that would occur and why that occurred numerous times in my own programs was that I was letting the prospect, the person, kind of sell me on their level of commitment and excitement in the consultation call. And there was a part of me that really struggled with, you know, this message that we hear in the coaching industry like everything is possible, anybody can do anything, um, have the right mindset. And I believe that. I do believe anything is possible. I believe anything is possible. Now what I'm more clear on is anything is possible for anyone. And there's also a timeframe when things become more possible for you. I am also a firm believer. And this has never changed. This has never changed. I just didn't stick to my own belief system uh, a few times with certain people I let into my programs. And there's nothing bad or wrong about those people. Their business just was not ready to be running flagship group coaching programs or even launching them. Um, I have always had the philosophy since I started my coaching business in 2012 that a an expert or coach or strategist or consultant that has a desire and the calling to run group coaching programs, your first step is... You have got to max yourself out with a one. You've got to fill your one on one coaching practice prior to transitioning into groups. That I'm never going to, I have not changed my mind on that in 10 years. I do not foresee that changing. I have had two clients in the history of working with people for 10 years, two of my own clients that I encouraged to go in the direction of a group before, or just comp- actually just completely bypassing working with clients in a one-on-one capacity. And I'll tell you about both of those so we're very clear here. The first one came to me. I already knew her. I had known her for about five years. I wouldn't say we were necessarily close friends chatting all the time, but I knew quite a bit about her. She had built a seven-figure network marketing com- business. She had a seven figure, you know, she's making seven figures, not a year, but she was making six figures a year, but she had over time, she had earned seven or multiple seven figures through network marketing. At the time, this was back in 2017, her business page on Facebook had well over 10,000 followers. Her list size was well over 10,000 people. And she already had such a massive following she already had built a personal brand. She already had this entire aura about her and followers and people who were like dying to do anything with her. Plus, she wasn't a traditional coach and she wasn't she wasn't leaving her other business either. So and her husband also made about $500,000 a year. So money was not this big pressure for them. They already had exceptionally stable income. So even if it took her six months or a year or a year and a half to really get her own group going, that was actually okay. She she had that t- kind of time. So when you take when I took all those factors into consideration, plus again, she was not she never wanted to be working with people one on one. It just made sense. In fact. One of the first things that she ever offered was an in-person live event. And she filled the room with 150 people, the first event she ever ran. I believe the first program she created was a three-month program. It was a group for 10 people. It was $7,500. And there was a two or three-day in-person event that was part of that at the very end. And she filled that over and over and over again. The other person came to me in 2020, the very end of 2020. She had already worked with another coach and had developed a group that she still has today, a couple of years later. And that person taught her how to launch the group. So she had already launched it once or twice, maybe three times before we started working together. And she never worked with clients one-on-one in that business. Now, the reason why that worked for her and I didn't have her backtrack and work with clients one-on-one is because she had been a business owner for 30 years. She had built six of her own businesses in the past, and all of her 30 years of business experience were in the same category that her group coaching program was around. Now, that person just has a completely different understanding of what it means to be a business owner and run a business and be a CEO than someone who is in a coaching business and it's their first business. And they've never even worked with like 10 one-on-one clients before. Those are two completely different worlds and perspectives and ballgames. So I always use discernment. But like I said, out of hundreds and hundreds, if not well over a thousand people I've worked with, I've only ever encouraged or agreed with or coached two people into skipping the one-on-one stuff and just going straight into group. You just have to know who can do that and who, who doesn't have the factors and variables in place. So, let's go through this list. When is it the right time to transition into offering a flagship group program? Here we go. Number one, you are highly skilled at your craft. So, whatever you are teaching, guiding, leading, and coaching a group of people on in your flagship group, You are highly skilled at your craft. So on a scale of one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, one would be the only thing I've ever done is read some books on this. Or the only thing I've ever done in this category is take a coaching program where they were teaching me this stuff, not certifying me, but they were teaching me to work on my own self using these techniques, modalities, knowledge, whatever. We see a lot of that in the coaching industry and I got to be honest, I cannot stand it. Um, I actually, you know, there's a part of me that doesn't that disagrees with your own past personal experience is enough for you to start a group like have a have a group coaching program or be coaching anyone. I I put a lot of weight on experience though. So let me be clear. I put a lot of weight on your experience. And I also think that not everybody has had the same kind of experience. For example, if you have had a 20 plus 10, at least 10, I would say at least 10 years in a corporate career, and that is you is you know, honed a particular craft day in and day out for 10 years or more, that's some pretty good doggone experience, right? So I put a lot of weight on experience. let me give you some examples. One time I had a client who she kept bouncing around and changing her mind on what she actually wanted to be working with people on. At one point it was fitness. At one point it was Facebook ads. At one point it was something else. And then all of a sudden it was relationships. She had never been married, which that's not a qualifier that you can, you know, you have to be married to be a relationship coach. I'm not saying that but she had never been in a stable relationship herself. And she was always in a tumultuous situation with the relationship she was in when I was coaching her on her other business idea. And then all of a sudden she shows up to sessions and that's what she's doing. And I finally stopped and I said, when was the last time you even read a book on relationships? And she would paused for a few seconds and she goes, never. And I thought, and I said, so you're telling me you're going to charge people money to guide them in how to strengthen their relationship with their partner. And you have not even read a book on a relationship. Now, I'm going to be real clear again, because I'm not trying to let anybody take words out of my mouth and can misconstrue them. I do not believe that you could just read some books and go be skilled at your craft. However, I do believe someone who is constantly honing their craft, and constantly mastering their craft, they are always studying their craft. In fact, I'm reading a book right now, and it is called Designing and Leading Life-Changing Workshops. And it is how to facilitate workshops, in-person retreats, and group programs. I have a master's degree in teaching. Do I need to read these books? No. Do I have a strong desire to learn and upgrade and hone my craft and help my clients get better results? 100%. Okay. So on a scale of one to 10, how skilled are you at your craft? 10 being, if you were in a lineup of a hundred people, you would be insanely confident in stepping out of that line. If someone asked you, okay, like for me, I would step out in line and say, like, I am better than the other 99 people in this lineup. When it comes to all things, group coaching programs, it's literally what I've done my, like my entire adult life in some way, shape or form. So, you are highly skilled at your craft. Okay. Number two, you have worked with enough clients one on one privately, like one on one behind closed doors in a Zoom room where it's just you and that client for X number of months to produce a process that allowed you to make a program promise for your flagship group. I'll say that again. You have worked with enough clients one on one privately. And I would also say in consecutive order, like I don't mean you worked with a client six months ago and then it took you another six months to get another client. You have not reached a level where you are positioned to move into offering a flagship group, if that's the case. I mean, you have worked with at least 20 clients in the last 12 months, which puts you at having a minimum of around two clients a month that you are like new clients you're adding that you're working with. So you have worked with enough clients one-on-one privately to produce a process that allows you to make a program promise. What do I mean by program promise? That means you can honestly state that when someone joins your flagship group coaching program, this is the outcome that they are going to be able to achieve based on the process that you are going to guide them through starting from where they are all currently at right now in their journey to where they're going to be by the time they get to the end of your program. Okay. What is that program promise? It has to be specific. Number three, you have worked with enough clients one-on-one privately that you have case studies to back up your claims meaning you have case studies to back up your program promise claim over the last 10 years. And especially in the last five years, I want to like face plant my face into my palm. Um, I would have like a constantly bruised forehead for every single time I see or hear or talk to another person in this industry who absolutely does not have case studies, real case studies to back up the promise that their program is making for their group. How do you, how do you get those? So maybe your question is how do I get those? You get them by working with clients one-on-one you get, you figure that out. You get those case studies from working with clients one-on-one. If you've already transitioned to groups, this is great for you too. Uh, Before you go scale your group. So there's quite a few things here that I'm listing that apply to someone who is going to transition from growing their flagship group to scaling their flagship group. A lot of it is similar to when you're transitioning from a 1-on-1 practice into groups. So it's the same thing. Like you have no business scaling your group coaching program unless you have got ample case studies from the first couple of rounds of your group. Like if you're running your group program the first few rounds and nobody's getting results, you have no business scaling that program. Okay, so we are on one, two, three, the fourth item here on your checklist. Number four, you have an audience size big enough to fill a group with a handful of people. Okay, so um, I'm also going to be real clear here. I do not believe that you need to have thousands upon thousands and thousands of people in your audience. I filled my first group with a Facebook group that had under 200 people in it and no email list. That was big enough for me to fill my first group with 17 people because I had built such strong relationships with them. They were so highly engaged in that group. I mean, I was doing Facebook lives and posts that had 50 comments or, you know, hundreds of views on them. And I knew exactly what the people in that audience wanted. And I knew what they were going to say yes to because I validated the idea first. So you need to know that you have an audience size big enough. And I'll add to this big enough and engaged enough to fill a group with a handful of people. Now, where I started getting really frustrated in my own group coaching programs over the years, there would always be a select number of clients that were in my programs who were amazing. They were highly skilled at what they did. They were smart. They were effective, but they were trying to buy, and I was letting them, I was kind of falling for it without really sticking to my own beliefs. And this is where I went wrong. I was letting them bypass just focusing on -on one-on-one coaching because they were telling me, well, I'm a new mom or I'm a this, or I'm a that and I don't want to work with people one-on-one. I'm an introvert. It's too draining for me. I don't have time for that. But then they were trying to fill their group coaching programs and they couldn't even get one person to buy them because they didn't have enough people to fill a group and they didn't have enough people who were highly engaged enough to fill the group. And so filling a group is harder than just bringing on one one-on-one client, because you've got to fill your group with volume. You know, you want to have at least, I would say like the very first time you run a group, you want to have four to six people in the group. You really don't need any more people in your first group that you ever run. Four to six is a really good size. I had clients in my, in my program, teaching them how to run groups that I shouldn't have let in the program because, they didn't have this piece in place and they should have just been working with clients one on one for a longer period of time because they were they were so frustrated and disappointed every time they would try to fill a group all right we are on to number 5 in the checklist you're willing to perfect and iterate your group program over and over again for years so we are talking about you transitioning into your flagship group offer again one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs are making in this space is they are trying to sell too many different offers at too many different price points versus focusing on one flagship group and becoming known for that. Now, that doesn't mean you can't create the next level program for people once they're done with that group and they've graduated. You'll know, you know. do you start a mastermind? Do you do something else after that? what is it? But most people are not giving themselves enough time to focus on improving that group over and over and over and over and over, and over again so that it gets more than just a little bit of traction. So if we're talking about your flagship group. This is what is going to make you multiple six figures a year, if not a million plus a year, if that's your goal. So you are someone who is willing to go all in for years on this one flagship group and iterate it and improve it and over and over and over again. All right. Next item on the checklist is you are willing and ready to build infrastructure and operations around this group. This is the part where many entrepreneurs will launch their flagship group. They'll get a few cohorts in. They'll make... 200k 300k even higher and they just want to put up a resistance wall of building proper infrastructure and operations around the group and then one day they're talking about how well I, how am i going to make a million dollars the way that like this is not going to work because i want to make a million dollars but then they're like but i don't want to put this infrastructure and these operations in place i don't want to have a certain number of team i don't want to have this i don't want to have that well, if you're going to move forward to get to a million dollars through the flagship group, it's going to require that you build infrastructure and operations around the group. And that's where a lot of the work comes in. That's the work that a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize is part of building an actual business and being a CEO. And it's the part that a lot of people think they're not good at and they don't have a skill set around it. But it it kind of is like the next level skill set that you have to build as a CEO once you have gotten to a cup, making a few hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, at least $200,000 a year, I would say from the actual group, operations and infrastructure becomes really, really important because you can only take your group so far without infrastructure and operations around that particular program. I believe we're on the seventh item on your checklist. You are 100% clear on what you want to be known for. Essentially, your flagship group coaching program is built around what you want to be known for. It doesn't mean that you cannot have higher level programs that you offer. For instance, I took a little bit of a break from my flagship. I will record another episode on that. Some of you listening have heard me talk about it in some previous solo episodes. I have not gone into complete detail about all of it because I just quite frankly wanted to have more wisdom and lessons that I could share with you before I did that. Our flagship group since the middle of 2019 has been a program called Momentum. And the whole purpose of Momentum is to do exactly what I'm talking about here. It's helping it's helping women entrepreneurs who have service-based businesses transition from 101, a one-on-one practice into offering their flagship group. So my specialty is on helping people grow and scale their group, a business that is a group coaching-based business model. So, you know, the best, the best fit for momentum is, and we're bringing that program back. I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep the name of it. We are bringing it back. I took a bit of a hiatus from that program, uh, which I'll tell you more detail about it another time. It is great for people who have a full one-on-one coaching practice. And it's also great for people who've already dipped their toe and, in groups, you know, maybe you've had one or two groups and there's just a lot we need to do around that. Uh, Maybe it just hasn't really made you a lot of money. Uh, And then I have a higher level mastermind. And that is reserved for people who already have groups that are generating six to multiple six figures a year just from that one offer. So I'm an example of my flagship is, is one offer. And then when people are done with that program, some people take it twice. Once they're making six figures from the flagship, then they can graduate into my mastermind program, Rise to Legendary. So in order for you to really grow and scale your company, and I'm not even talking about like this hyper warp speed growth, you do have to pick the thing that you want to become known for. And you can do that. It's easier to do that with a flagship group. Uh, Number eight on your checklist. You know exactly who qualifies to be a client in your group. So this was one of the biggest mistakes I made throughout the last five years. Sometimes I was doing it well. Other times I wasn't doing it well. And this is, a, this is a whole podcast. I can do a whole podcast episode on qualifying. What makes the qualified client? There's a difference between an ideal client and a qualified client. So my advice to you is be able to indicate and articulate at least five pieces of criteria that someone needs to meet. In order to be a good fit for your flagship group coaching program. And I do not mean they are a woman with high wealth consciousness who believes in herself and believes in abundance and possibility. Those are not qualifications. Qualifications are based on what I'm promising my flagship group is going to help you with and is going to deliver based on that program promise. Where do you need to already be at in your journey so that when all of my group coaching clients start at the same time, they can start in the same place and they can all follow my process and then get to the end and get the result. They can actually have success in the program. Remember what I said earlier, I was allowing people to come into my program that didn't have a big enough audience or an engaged enough audience. They wanted to skip doing the one-on-one coaching. They didn't have case studies. All of those are qualifiers now moving forward to get into my program. If you don't have those things, just because you want to offer a group, just because you can sound real committed in a sales conversation, you are not ready for groups, which means you don't qualify to be in my program. So you must know exactly who qualifies to be a client in your group. Okay. Uh, I believe we're on number item number nine in our checklist. You understand it's going to take more than you to build your flagship group and to eventually scale it if that's what you want to do pretty quickly in a group. You know, if you have 10 or fewer people in your group coaching program, you can pretty much run that solo, um, maybe even a little bit more. But if you're running two groups at the same time, once you have, I'd say once you've got, you know, for, it just depends on the person. You know, once you have over 10 or 15 or 20 clients in a program, and if you maybe, you know, if you were a teacher in the past or you led like super big teams in the past, you may have a background that lends itself to being able to serve more people. Um, I would be someone who could do that because of my teaching experience doesn't mean I want to do that, though. For you to have a group coaching business model, uh, you are it's going to require team. And you do not have to have a big team. You can have a small team, but you need to understand at some point, it's going to take more than you to build and even maintain and scale your group. Uh, Next piece of criteria, or when is it the right time to transition into offering your flagship group? You're ready to stop offering so many other programs. This is probably the absolute biggest mistake that I see entrepreneurs making when they cross six figures. So I typically work primarily at a starting point. You know, you're making sixty, eighty to hundred thousand dollars with one-on-one clients, and you may even be dabbling in your first group or like messing around with a bunch of different offers. But typically, when clients come to me and they're ready for a flagship group, you're already making money. You already have some financial stability. You know, you're making five to ten k months or even more. Uh, yeah, at least 5K a month. It just depends on what your prices are. <clears throat> One of the things that will keep entrepreneurs between 100, 200, 300, $400,000, if they can even get to 400K, is because they have way too many offers. So you have to be ready to stop offering so many different programs at so many different levels for so many different price points for so many different ideal clients the way I want you to look at every single program you have in your company, it's like its own little mini business because every program you offer has its own message, marketing system, sales system, um, qualifiers, ideal client, operations, team, financial structures. And they all take time to build and grow and figure out. That does not happen overnight. I mean, for most of us, getting your flagship group like humming really, really well, it's going to take two years to like really, really get it humming and get it scaling. You're looking at two years of running the same flagship program before you reach that point. Now, again, some people can do that a little bit faster, but if we're talking about the slightly above average person, you're looking at two years. All right. Last two items on the checklist. You've narrowed down to the one problem you solve, the one type of person that you serve, and you've got one main process because that's the only way you're going to be able to fully function inside of your flagship group. You're solving one main problem. This is not news to anybody. People think, though, when they go from one-on-one coaching to a group, they can solve a bunch of problems. And you might once people get in, but you're it's one program you are, you've got qualifiers for one type of person, and they all need to meet those qualifications, and they need to meet all the qualifications to gain entry into your program. And you've got one process that all those people are following. Process does not mean cookie cutter. So that's where a lot of people uh, are mistaken. They think a process they put their clients through means cookie cutter, and that's not true. And then finally, the last piece of criteria is you no longer want to customize for all the clients you're working with, but rather you're going to transition into more personalized support. Customization is what you do when you're working with clients one-on-one. The other reason why I was so frustrated in some of my groups over the years is because I was still allowing myself to do way too much customization, meaning that every client had slightly different needs and this is another podcast episode, you'll go batshit crazy. If you've got people in a group and they all have different needs because you make yourself think you've got to become an expert in a lot of these different areas, or you're going to piss your clients off, they're going to leave, and the list goes on of what your fears become. In a flagship group, you can still be highly personalized. There can still be a lot of touch points You are still offering one on one support. It's just not on a Zoom call with you and that one client. Um, So, if you are ready to no longer be in customization mode all the time, driving yourself crazy, and you want to transition into personalization, then you might be ready for the flagship group. So, hopefully, you wrote all these down. Be really honest with yourself. Check off the number of things that the number of points that you meet here. And you will be one step closer to knowing if you're ready for a flagship group. And if you want to show me that list, I would love to see it. So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook and private message me. You can email me at info at Tell me which one of these you meet. I think I had 11 or 12. And I can let you know what the next best step is for you. Also, if you found any value to today's episode, go ahead and leave us a review on the show. And if there's anything you would love to hear from us, let us know how we're doing and give us any ideas of other topics you would love to hear. Until next time, make sure you're building a business and a life that is built to last. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.